Hey folks, welcome back to Sectastic. I got with me Anya. Hi Anya. Hi. How are you doing today? Very good, thank you. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you so much for joining uh, this virtual show today. No problem. It's my pleasure. <laughs> All right, let's dive straight into it. Anya, you're a recruiter and you're specialized in the cybersecurity industry. Why? Yeah. How did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> How did I get here? So I think like a lot of recruiters, I actually fell into it. I was uh, working for a company called Hopscotch in Dubai, which is a women empowerment platform. So we help women to get back into work and help them to progress within their careers. And one of the founders actually owned a recruitment agency. So we sat in the same office and I just really liked what they were doing. It was, you know, I just saw it being so rewarding, helping people get jobs and filling jobs for the companies. Um, so I thought I'll give it a go. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something in tech. So I just went to lots of companies, whether it was like oil and gas or banks or consultancies and just saw where the most pain points are. And over and over again, cybersecurity was coming up. It was one of the things, you know, you kind of need to know what you're looking for. I think it has struggled with it a little bit and, you know, everyone's talking about the skill shortage and things like that. So, um, here I am. Okay, cool. So uh, actually you touched a good point about uh, the skill gap, right? Uh, many people talk about it, many analysts talk about it, and there are some gigantic numbers uh, that always come up on these crazy yeah. marketing <laughs> presentations, how bad uh, the situation is. It's almost like you want to yeah. just shut down your laptop and say, give up. Uh, <laughs> is there really a skill gap uh, as a recruiter uh, in this space? Uh, and what is the actual underlying problem from your perspective and how do you think the industry uh, should be looking and addressing it? Sure. So I think, look, um, I mo mostly, sorry, uh, recruit for the Middle East region, right? So this is what I'm going to speak about because this is what I know of, right? So for me, I don't think there's as much of a skill gap as more of a disalignment of what the companies are looking for, how much they want to pay and things like this. Look, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of people in cybersecurity, you know, across the world that are ready to move to the region. There are loads of people here with the skills, but, you know, the companies they will have, you know, five years experience for any junior position, things like this. So I think it's such a big disalignment of what they want to do. And obviously, especially this year, uh, a lot of companies have been asking me, you know, for the unicorn, right? They want them to do everything. They want to do pen testing and GRC and everything and everything and pay them very little. <laughs> and this is the problem, I think. Do you know what I mean? I think people need to invest in their people um, that they already have, you know, maybe even invest in people within other departments. Um, you know, to get them involved within cybersecurity. And obviously we need to invest in our youth. <laughs> and I think this is the biggest one around the world is to get, you know, the new graduates to get into cybersecurity and help them out, you know? And I think um, this has been the most, most of the issues come from, I think, in my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can uh, relate to that. I mean, uh, when you look into uh, like professional networks like LinkedIn or other job portals, you always see right. these uh, posts uh, for junior positions, but then they're asking for, I don't know, so like you said, five plus years uh, of experience, right? Uh, exactly. I also recently saw uh, like a position for, they were looking for fresh grads, but then they asked for four years of experience. 
And I was like, well, that's not a fresh grad technically anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's right. And this is completely it. I mean, look, even if, you know, you go to the higher positions, they're still, you know, same. They want everything and everything and everything. You know, you get, you know, from HR, I get a list of, you know, certifications and all those experiences that they want. And it's like, well, there is a, <laughs> there is a talent gap, but, you know, you have, you can get people and trade them within and you need to understand what, what you actually want from that job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the main, main point. Yeah. Do you think that it's more a, a regional problem, given that, for example, like where we are in the UAE, uh, we are more an right. uh, expat culture, right? Or expat country that uh, typically the jobs that are available here uh, would be uh, more senior, like from a co company perspective, they're looking for more senior people to bring these uh, experts in, uh, rather than having these junior positions in a country with a high cost of living uh, being uh, available here? I think so. You know, you might be right. You might be right. You know, I don't recruit for that many junior positions, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. If the company approaches me, they usually approach me for me to senior levels. Um, I did see that they start to pour a lot into local graduates here to get them into cyber. There have been a lot of events, obviously, pre-COVID, uh, to get them in and to get them interested, which is really good. Uh, I don't see, of course, it will be very costly to bring someone who's fresh out of university, say, back in the UK or whatever it might be, and then bring them here not knowing whether they'll be able to, you know, achieve what the company mm -hmm. want them to do. Gotcha. You might be right. Okay. <laughs> and you touched an interesting uh, point about uh, certifications, right? Uh, I think something <laughs> uh, within the community... Uh, there are a lot of uh, interesting discussions, uh, so to speak, uh, around it, right? Uh, how do you weigh between certifications and hands-on experience that the person gained, right? Sometimes uh, we've seen uh, CVs coming in and then there are like these 25 acronyms uh, behind right. the name. And then you wonder, like, does, he, does this person really have all that expertise? Is it just uh, some certification that they did on their spare time? Like, how do you as a recruiter weigh uh, certification versus experience or how do they maybe complement it? Right, um, I'll be very, very, very honest <laughs> and say that for me personally, I don't look at certifications. Um, I mean, I look at them, but I don't think they're a necessity. I know that a lot of times when I get a job description from a client, they will have all the certification that they want. But look, certification for one, they cost money. <laughs> yep. That's one, right? Um, two, there's a lot of fakes. I'm sure everyone that be listening to the show at some point have been approached on LinkedIn saying that they will <laughs> sit in an exam and get you any certification under the sun. So it's like, you know, what's the value in that? I think experience is what's the most important part, right? <laughs> for when you apply mm -hmm. for the jobs, but while I say this, it is very important to keep learning. This is one of those industries you can't, you know, just stop and that's it. You never need to learn again, right? It's very continuous things and certifications. If you do it for yourself, I think it's great. If the company, um, you know, is providing training and is paying for your certification, this is amazing and you should absolutely do it. But for yourself and for your knowledge, so you can apply those, you know, again, skills and knowledges to your actual job and experience is what I would look for mostly when I look at the city or I speak to a person. So yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say the certification is important. 
But at the same time, by the way, mm-hmm. HR does look at it, right? So I think HR doesn't, obviously, they don't all concentrate on cybersecurity recruitment. So they get a list and then they're very, they can be very you know, rigid about getting those certifications. And again, this is more about educating your HR hiring managers of mm-hmm. do you actually need those certifications in particular? Gotcha. And so if I think about uh, uh, recruitment, right, in general, I, I... I mean, obviously, I am not a recruiter. Uh, the way I think about it, if there's a job posted somewhere, I hit apply, someone yeah. hopefully will contact me or I will just get the rejection email. Uh, sure. But for sure, from a recruitment standpoint, uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, back office work, alignment work, meetings, and so on happening. So I'm curious, like when a company approaches you and say, hey, Anya, uh, we need a new CISO, uh, help us. Like. How do you yeah. go from there? Is it just like they give you the spreadsheet of uh, the certifications <laughs> that they want to have, or is there more to it? <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, in the ideal world and the clients that I like to work with best, um, you know, you have to, again, align your expectations. I'm a recruiter, right? So this is literally my job. I speak to cybersecurity and CISOs all day, every day, right? So if a company approaches me, I can consult them and I can advise them on what the talent is available, you know, what the salary market, you know, salary markets, where they're coming from, what they're looking for, um, and then sort of go from there. There are sometimes, you know, when a company just comes in and just throws me the job description. And to be honest, I wouldn't usually do it, right? Because that's just the CV churning. And I don't like doing that because they can do it themselves, right? They can post a job and get loads of CVs and trying to screen them. Like, I don't do it. Um, I get a job, I try to understand, you know, where what's the background of the person looking at, whether they're being realistic about their expectations as well, you know, because I want to say, but we had a CISO, you know, and they wanted everything and they wanted to pay like 20,000 dirhams for that role. And that's just not feasible, right? So it's a lot of this consulting the meetings and phone calls. And once you sort of align everything, the job itself, it becomes a lot easier after that. Okay, so you basically make sure you set the proper expectations uh, and then right. you connect the talents uh, accordingly. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Okay, <laughs> and uh, flipping the coin, how do you get your talents? Like, where do you find them? Is it just your personal network or how do you approach them? How, what do we need to make sure that uh, Anya has us uh, on the radar? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, most of my placements are done through referrals, to be honest with you. So once I know what the company expectations are, I will probably know someone who knows someone and I will call them <laughs> or I'll text them, whatever it might be, and say, hey, have you worked with someone who can do this, right? Of course, I use LinkedIn. Um, I would post a job on LinkedIn as well. But as I said, I think referrals are great. So for anyone who wants to, you know, get a job, do get involved within your network. And, you know, cybersecurity, there's so amazing, like amazing, amazing people that are, you know, very um, happy to help, very, you know, supportive. So do get involved in your community. We have a lot of communities, as you know, in the region. We have 971SEC and Women in Cybersecurity. All those groups on LinkedIn do get involved. And because this is how you stand out, right? And this is how you get out there. Um, people will talk about you and, you know, obviously do a great job as well, right? So continue <laughs> to learn do things outside of your work, you know, and also like be great to work with as well because people will recommend you and a lot of cybersecurity even though you know I do recruitment but a lot of cybersecurity professionals when they move jobs are through who you know here 
that's just mm -hmm. the reality of it right so yeah stand out on linkedin do articles post and linkedin is something i would look at rather than job boards but again it's just about your network your community and the people okay Mm -hmm. All right. So once uh, you are then in uh, in your network, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure that uh, these uh, folks that within your network are asking you the question, hey, Anya, are there any like tips and tricks and like, I don't know, big red flags I shouldn't do or things I should definitely do when I'm looking for uh, the next gig? Are there anything you'd like to share on it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, the biggest advice I can give is to know your value, right? Uh, for one, whether you're in the region or outside the region and you want to work in the UAE, first thing is you need to understand what you're going to bring the company and how much you want for it, right? And I think this has been the biggest one. I get asked this question a lot. What's the average salary? And you, I cannot tell you because the salaries vary a lot. And also it's, you know, what the benefits are, obviously the schooling, if you have kids and, you know, what kind of lifestyle you want, right? Do you want to drive a Ferrari? Do you want to save? Whatever it might be. <laughs> you need to understand that, right? So that's the first thing because when people will interview, they ask you, right? And if you can't, you know, articulate what you want, it's a problem, right? So do that and then what you're going to bring. And so for what you're going to bring, when you do your CV or when you apply for jobs, don't um, talk about your day-to-day -day activities or you know your main responsibilities, but talk about what you've achieved. And I say it over and over and over again, because this is when you know what value you're bringing, right? So you know, you've built a team, you've got rid of this, you know, you've, I don't know what your statistics might be, but you just need to know your numbers and you need to know your value to the company. So if you come to me and say, I need a job, this is what I've done. I can be like, okay, this is who can use him. You know, I do spec it, the CVs and spec people in the companies, you know, but I need to understand what you could do, right? So that would be one, mm -hmm. as I said, do the articles, do things outside of work. Uh, I think cybersecurity, it's such a, well, no, it can be an ungrateful <laughs> profession, right? And I think, <laughs> You need to be really passionate about it to stick around, I think. So, you know, find something that interests you, do the articles, do your research, um, you know, in your, not free time, but, you know, out of work time. Um, get involved with the people, trying to help someone. If you're in a position that you can mentor someone, do. Um, it always comes back around, I find. And if you're in a junior position, do find someone to mentor you, to help you out, um, and to ask for help. As I said, you know, the community is so, so great, right? Everyone helps each other. We're all trying to work together and it's, it is great. So do get involved. And I think that's the main thing. And people will recommend you in the end. Um, and then you'll know what's going on in the market as well. Okay, cool. And I think like, uh, so you, you for recruiting for the Middle East region, right? Um, if you think about the different, let's say uh, within the Gulf, like, do you see major differences in the recruitment, let's say, culture and processes uh, within the Gulf states, or is it more or less the same? Uh, <laughs> there is a difference, right? I'll tell you the biggest difference, because I do recruit for Europe a little bit as well, even though my main playground is Middle East. So I think a lot of people I think that will watch the show that are based here they will know it's time <laughs> it's done very very slowly <laughs> unfortunately and the thing is with good talent and especially with you know cybersecurity, people don't wait around um companies I don't think they still understand it it's just it can be very tedious the recruitment process and even you know I can go to the company and I can say you know how long will the whole process take and 
we'll say, okay, a couple of weeks and it's never really a couple of weeks, right? So it's just long. And I think for everyone that's applying, you just need to be patient, right? Just patience. <laughs> it will at some point, hopefully it will change, right? Again, it's about consulting and educating people. Um, but time, I think, is the main difference. Um, the other one, within Gulf, I mean, to be honest, my main work is coming from the UAE and Saudi, and I haven't noticed that much of a difference, to be honest with you. The only difference is there is more work in Saudi for me at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think UAE is quite down in the sort of COVID area, um, but the Saudi is recruiting quite a lot within cyberspace. Okay, you bring up a, an interesting point. Uh, I'd like to have your perspective on it, uh, like uh, COVID-19 and then the uh, recruitment space uh, in our industry. Um, yeah. I'm assuming it had a big dip uh, once the uh, lockdown and everything happened in our region. Uh, is it recovering in the UAE or is it still uh, trying to stabilize? What's your view? Uh, look, I think it's recovering. Um, my main thing about the whole COVID thing, I didn't think our industry, cybersecurity, will be affected, right? I thought everyone's working from home. We had to do the digital transformation. You know, we had to go online and things like that. So I thought cybersecurity, if anything, is going to be more needed than ever. However, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> a lot of companies were losing money, right? And everyone got affected by it. And cybersecurity teams as well, which, you know, I didn't see coming, to be honest. You know, a lot of within banks and oil and gas and, you know, consultancies, whatever, the teams, the cybersecurity teams were slashed, right? And everyone was trying to do the most with the people they have and try not to lose people, never mind recruiting anyone, right? So um that happened a lot i've noticed a lot of experts especially higher up experts because they are an expensive resource have also um been let go and trying to be replaced with you know someone less expensive let's say which again it's you know you can't blame the companies for doing this you mm -hmm. know the whole world had to do it but i think that's the main difference is do i think it's recovering yes um, if anything, though, if anyone's looking for a job now, I'd look at consultancies and vendors, uh, because this is, these are the people that are making money at the moment, and these are the people that are recruiting. Um, we got some client side, I just don't see them recovering as fast, I would say. <laughs> Again, personal <laughs> opinion, and I'm hopefully, hopefully that will change very shortly. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Anya, thank you so much for the insights. Uh, very fruitful. Uh, I'm sure the listeners uh, will enjoy it. So thank you so much for joining Sectastic. Thank you so much for having me.